welcome to Conversations on Karate. And I'm Sue. And you are? Greg. We're back again. We're back again. For another one. Late. But better late than never. Better late than never. Yeah. Yes. So we've kind of been a bit delayed. Stuff has happened. I've been in Spain. In Spain, I, you have, yeah. Did you have a nice time in Spain? I had a very nice time Good. in Spain. Good. I had an awesome time in Spain. And um, and and part of it, I was at a wedding in Spain. And there was some drunken dancing in Spain. And that will, you know, the point of me mentioning that will become relevant a little bit later. Yeah, when okay. I When I mention the next thing. Um, but for anyone who's listening who, you know, is bothered or paid attention last time, I can walk which yeah, is Sue amazing. Walk. She managed to get up the stairs in far less than 10 minutes today, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> There's no crutches anywhere. No crutches. I've been off the crutches for ooh, a couple of weeks now. A couple and of weeks. And uh, yeah, I can do it. And I went back to training. You're back training. And today. And today. You trained with Ian Avanethi. I did. For the first time. Yeah. I couldn't go. In Wincanton. In Wincanton. So close. And I couldn't go because I was working. You were. And it was something you couldn't get out of. Otherwise, you would have. But I would yeah, have been there. You would have. Yeah. And that's a shame. But I have to say, it was, um, you know, not to make you feel bad, but it was your favourite kata. Yeah. Turkey Shodan. And it was the training matrix. Yeah. And what was really interesting about that for me is you had said to me, I have based most of my training on, on that. And in all the training that I did with you, it was completely different from everything I'd done before. And going to Ian Abernethy's training seminar today was fascinating because it was so much of what I've already done yeah but it was nice hearing it from him it was nice hearing his description of things it was nice hearing him explain why it's a matrix Mm -hmm. and acknowledge things that people talk about and actually seem to be quite controversial in conversations um, that people have and he addressed it the very first thing he said was People have a problem with karate and say it's not effective. And there are all sorts of... I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, by the way, yeah. badly. Yeah, well, no. You know, badly here. But um, he was saying there are problems in the way that you train because one thing you can't do is train full power against an opponent all the time because you're going to kill them or hurt them or damage them. That's why you don't do that. Now, you're just going to nod at me because you'd have told me all of this a hundred <laughs> times anyway. But it's just... I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Silently agreeing. <laughs> silently agreeing. But uh, that was fantastic. He said, let's shine a light on the issue. Um, Rather than pretend there's no issue, rather than pretend there's no problem, he said, let's shine a light on it and understand that you can't go full power against an opponent. That kata doesn't teach you how to impact on a person. That when you're using pads, you're not interacting with a person. You're not practicing putting your body on their body. So all of these things have a problem. But when you put them all together, so you've got impact and power. And you've got flow and technique and you've got partner work. You're connecting with a person, you're practicing your speed and power. You're doing all of those things. They come together. And I couldn't believe it when he said, just like you've said to me, you wouldn't question it in boxing. No, you wouldn't. Absolutely not. I'm glad he said that. (laughs) Well done, Ian, if you're listening. (laughs) I'll send him a link. I'm sure he'll listen. I'm sure he's got plenty of time to listen to this. Um, But no, he was saying, it's not like people say, what's that boxer doing with a skipping rope? You're not going to have to fight anyone with a skipping rope in the room. No one questions it. You know why you're doing it. Because it's part of a larger hole. It's part of a larger hole. Absolutely. So that was the training matrix. So that's what we did. We went through literally, I think, two if not two and a half hours worth of training, mm-hmm. was off the first, what would it be, four moves in techie? Right, so step, elbow strike, stepping, stamping. 
Okay, yeah. So sort of just roughly the first third. There you go. Yeah. That's it. That's all. That's yeah. all it was, and that we based it all on that. But that shows the depth to the to, to Kata in general. Yeah. I think. Because so I'm guessing um, I wasn't there, so I'm going to guess you did bunkai for that. Mm-hmm. You did pad drills related to it. Mm-hmm. You did some type of live drills related to it. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Which is good. So it shows how you, you know back in the day people would say three years one kata, and you can see why. You know, it takes you could probably learn techie shell in half an hour in terms of the actual movement of it. Yes. But you spent two and a half hours doing the first third. Absolutely, yeah. and and doing it in this in this matrix fashion. So we were oh, doing it. My phone's ringing. That's my dad. I'll hang up. No, we're doing the podcast. Course. Goodbye. No, tell him. Talk to him. That's right. I'll text him. He could be on. I put him on speaker. I'll just text him now. Okay. So um, forgotten where we were. So anyway, yeah, we were literally marking it and then doing a very very gentle drill, mm-hmm. swapping over half a dozen times, half a dozen times, and then as soon as you've done that, making it faster then a bit longer, then a bit faster. And then when we'd done that for a while, then we'd come back and go on the pads. And when you'd done that, you know what I mean? So yeah, going yeah. backwards and forwards like that, that was great. Yeah. That was great. And then completely different drills. Heel palm strikes, palm yeah, heel? Yeah, palm heel strikes, yeah. Palm heel strikes. But designed, he said, just to get you aggressive. Yes. Designed for that. Yeah. Designed for no other reason yeah. than to get you to connect firmly to your aggression and yeah. we did that quite late in the day because he was saying you don't want to he said you he likes to do the partner work and then the pads so if you do the pads and then the and partner, partner work, work you're aggressive and you're going to smash the hell out of your partner well there's the potential for that yeah <laughs> so he had this drill so he recommended this drill as a drill for anyone in the class to do absolute beginners anybody it was you know your, your partner will hold up one focus mate in front of them and you will step further away than just the reach and then you you step in take hold of it yeah palm heel palm heel palm heel hard elbow yeah no they drop the pad hammer fist to down and hammer fist it's a great drill yeah and it's like yeah. and then you step back yeah so that so you actually have to step in yeah. take hold and bang 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 that stepping in and take hold is a very subtle thing about taking initiative i like that it's not a reactive drill it's you, you're being proactive you're grabbing and you're taking hold Mm. Yeah, it's a good drill. It does get it does get you aggressive very quickly. It does. It does. And he was saying that the beauty of it is not is um in its simplicity. Mm-hmm. And he said if you had to do something quickly, very aggressively, it's a good one because it is not hard to learn. It's not yeah. hard to remember. Yeah. You're less inclined to get hurt yourself. Yeah. But I like that. Yeah. We should definitely do that one. We'll do we'll do more. Yeah, we'll do that drill. That's fine. <laughs> fine by me. First thing in the morning, get the aggression going. And he was um, he was good on aggression actually. Talked about aggression and anger. Yeah, there yeah, being two different things. Being two different things. Yes. I knew that they were different things. Um, but there are definitely times that I've been sent off into anger, in times, and um, and it's taken an enormous effort of will to bring that down mm-hmm. and to turn that into I'm going to get you in a nice calm, <laughs> focused way. And he he was saying that that is literally aggression. It's, you know, he said anger is out of control and raging, dangerous. Aggression is clearing them away, making sure it's laser focus on getting them, hitting them, mm-hmm. stopping them hitting you. Keeping calm hitting. at the same time. If you're yeah. angry, you're not calm. You're not calm. You're out of control. So, yeah, learn all sorts of good stuff. I'm glad. You? I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad I you did. went. I'm, I'm glad I went I'm gutted I couldn't go. 
but I'm glad you went. Well, so, I was gutted you couldn't go as well because I really wanted to go with somebody because I yeah, you obviously knew nobody. Yeah. So I think it's worth saying what it's like yeah. to go to a seminar like this, to yeah. go to his. His is the only one I can speak to. His is the only one I've been to. Yeah. So I am, for anyone who doesn't know, I am a purple and white belt. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say the number, but I'm considerably north of 40. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not super fit and I've been doing this for three and a half years. So in terms of the demographic, I'm outside of the average. Okay. I have had nothing but people nodding and smiling and saying hi today. It's absolutely, you know, it's a, it's a relaxed place to go. No one had anything to prove. The only person in charge was Ian and Ian is super relaxed. Yeah. You partner up with one person and you basically you just do what you can do i'm carrying my injury as we all know so i was limited and i was a bit worried about that and i was told do what you want to do and if you need to step out sit down just do it yeah that's good it's absolutely not a problem to do what you need to do to look after yourself and i've always enjoyed that about you know being treated like a grown-up in karate it's like you know you're in charge of yourself so if you don't want to do it don't don't do it yeah Simple as that. Yeah, but in a lot of um, exercise classes, you don't always feel like you can do that. I think in a lot of karate classes, you probably wouldn't feel like that. Yeah. In in more quote unquote traditional karate atmospheres, it might not be that way. But yeah, it might well not be that way. But in the classes that I'm in, it is that way, and it certainly is in his. And I'm guessing that he probably wouldn't teach in places that he wasn't his approach wouldn't be welcome oh absolutely not i wouldn't have thought so no exactly no. so i think if people were you know if it was going to be more pressured than that he probably wouldn't i mean i think at this for the length of time he's been teaching now everyone's well aware of the kind of karate that ian does so mm. i think if you're going to invite him to teach for your association or club you're probably well aware of what you're going to get which is so. extremely relaxed and then like i say we broke everything down and he explains everything very carefully and if and then he was going around the room as well and checking on people and um, as soon as he was seeing things that went right, you know, he'd call a halt, just re-explain something. Mm-hmm. He had, uh, you know, nothing to fear. He was obviously a couple of guys who knew him well to be his ukis. Yeah. So you have no fear of being called up yeah. in front oh, no, of no, anyone. No, no. Yeah. He knows people, they're there, that's who he's working with. So that's not a problem either. And, you know, everyone else might think that that's not a problem, but I was worried about that. I was thinking, I, I oh, have goodness, had that before that on a seminar. I won't name who it was with, but I have had being called up and being slapped around like hard and you just take it because you're being demonstrated on. So it is not a nice feeling to be feared to be called upon if you don't really want to do it. So, yeah, no, that's good. He normally does have guys with him that can he can beat up and yeah. they won't care. I think um, I got the impression that he obviously knew the guy who yeah, ran yeah, the dojo yeah, yeah, yeah. and that they're obviously on a par yeah. and, uh, and the other guys that that were there clearly knew him well and well accustomed to the way that he runs his his classes and and what drills he's going to do Mm -hmm. so that was all terrific all you have to do is watch and pay attention like i say if you want to step out if you want to go sit down do it it's really relaxed it was a four-hour thing 10 till 2 10 minute break you barely notice the time go by seriously yeah i know barely notice the time go by and it was massively entertaining. He's a really funny guy. Yeah, he is a funny guy, yeah. It's really amusing. He said at one point that he'd really love to see um, a psychoanalyst's uh, assessment of uh, Karataka as a subculture. Mm. I swear that's been done. I'm going to look into that. Maybe. I'd, I'd say martial artists in general. <laughs> love hitting and strangling people. 
Yeah. I was like, well, we do, and it is so odd. And we enjoy being hit and strangled as well. It's quite strange. We're not right, that's for sure. It is strange. See, this is why we have to have clubs so we can go be strange. Yeah. And then we can get it all out of our system and come home and yeah, be really and normal. And be somewhat, somewhat normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I must admit, I find it, you know, being a girl, you have an enormous bruise on your arm or something. Oh my God, what have you been doing to yourself? It's like, oh, I'm fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fighting. It's fine. And, and there's this moment of people looking at me like, okay, right. It's all good. <laughs> It is all good. I think it didn't. Was it? I think it was Ian that had a T-shirt that said "Ask me about my bruises." <laughs> you ever seen that? I swear it was Ian, or it was some, maybe it was someone gave it to. I'm, I'm not sure. I swear I saw it on his YouTube channel a few years ago. Ask me about my bruises. He had some really good T-shirts today. Oh, did he? He did. He did. He did. He had some really good ones. Um, yeah, it was something like you know, if you're going into a fair fight, you're doing it wrong. You're doing Your it wrong. Yeah. Are wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah, but there's um oh there were several things. There's so many things. So I'm just gonna keep telling you all these things that happened today that I just thought were absolute gems. Um before you start sparring, hitting in your drills with your partner, if it's not a flow drill, which of course barely has any impact, if yeah. you're actually going to go into a sort of realistic yeah. life practice, you said they're supposing you're going to be using your pad to smack the other person in the armor while they're guarding their head. He said, take um, take a minute and decide on what level you want to be hit at. Give it a number from one to ten. I want you to hit me with a three. Hit. No, that's a five. Make it a three. That's a three. Lovely. Keep it there. And then if it goes up, if they get overexcited, if things get heated, mm. you say to them, bring it back down to a three, mate. Yeah. I'd never heard that before. I that like is that. a yeah, new no, one like to me. That. That's good. Because... This was really fascinating to me. He was saying it is not hard to take it in a funny sort of way. If you are, I'm probably going to badly misquote him, but I will try and explain this the way that I understand this to be. If you're being told you have to take it, being hit in the head or hit in the body harder than you can take it and it hurts you and it upsets you and you're not standing up for yourself, you are being taught wrong. You're being taught self-defense wrong. You're not being told to stand up for yourself and speak up for what makes you comfortable. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. So that was really interesting for me because I had kind of thought it had to be the other way so that you could take it. But he was saying it is it is useful to go through discomfort, but you don't always have to be doing that. No, you need. I think you need to choose the level that you want to train at. So if you feel you can take a bit more punishment then that's fine. You agree with the person you're training with that you're going to train at a higher level. If you don't want to take it there, then you don't take it there. You should, I think, maybe what he's getting at, you should never be forced to take it to a level that you don't want to be at. Absolutely. But this should be, he was saying this is, I'm understanding it as this is almost a formal agreement with the person that you go to spar Absolutely, with. Absolutely, yeah. Especially when you're doing something like a, a drill, mm-hmm. a realistic live practice. Is that the right way to phrase yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're smacking you with a focus. It's too hard take it down and he said this happens to him and his uh training partner warren he said this happens between the two of them when they're playing for grips right he said ian said i'm stronger than warren and i don't notice when i'm using my strength and it's supposed to be as light as a feather yeah and warren says you're bringing your weight into it you're bringing your strength into it and he has to be told because he can't feel it Mm. because he's the stronger person yeah so he doesn't notice i just thought that was fascinating but the idea that you don't have to take it 
No. That you have to express yourself and stand up for yourself. Yeah. And and say what's comfortable for you is a key part of your training had not occurred to me before. No, I like that. Yeah. yeah I yeah. like that too. It's really, really clever. You know, and you've said it before when we're doing, you know, very, very mixed levels and you want people to just really carefully go through bunk eye drills just yeah. like lightly. Yeah. You said, you know, pretend you're doing this with your grandma. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when he said he was training with uh, with a guy using sticks, he couldn't he couldn't get it into his head at all. He was learning, and he couldn't. He was trying to go hard and fast all the time. And the guy said, "Just imagine this is your daughter." He was like, "Okay, got it." Nice you and know, slow, gentle slow, flow. Gentle. He says you cannot do flow when you're learning when you're trying to be fast and aggressive. No, it's um, easy to add speed to flow. You can't add flow to speed. No, you can't. You can't. You need so, to start slow and build up. Yeah. So this is, I, we're kind of going back to some conversations that we've had before. Yeah, but it's fine. It's this, called conversations yeah. on karate. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, I know. But it, this is it, this was so totally fascinating. Just like coming at the same com- the same thing, but from this slightly different angle, mm. putting it together in this way. Each one filling the gap that the other one leaves. Like I can say this mind blowing idea that you're in charge of how much comfort you're willing to take, um, or discomfort you're willing to take. You know, take it all. It's fine. He also said he doesn't see. I, would, I really wanted to know what you thought about this. Okay. He really doesn't see any merit in getting hit in the head. I would agree in some respect. I think, I mean, it depends on the level you're getting hit, I would say. I don't think there's any sense in full contact sparring unless you're going to be fighting full contact. You know, if, you, if you're training for a fight, i.e. a boxing fight or a kickboxing match or a cage fight, then there needs to be an element of heavier sparring to that because you need to get used to it but i think the idea if you're training solely for something like self-defense the idea of self-defense is not to take heavy blows to the head at some point for example so the idea of saying i'm going to go and spar full contact is contradicting your end goal in the first place so i would agree from that respect i think but there's there's a time and a place for it but i think what you're saying there about deciding your level that you want to train at is good because it, it it shows that karate can be for everyone. If you look at, I don't know, say boxing or kickboxing, the kind of outside perception is you're going to go in, put gloves on and smash each other about. And that will put people off from training. Whereas in reality, you might go to karate and that might happen. If you mutually agree with someone, that's what you're going to do. But to have that choice of not to do it is what makes karate appealing to a lot of people, I think. So you could have seven-year-old kids and you could have 60-year-old adults doing it. And it doesn't, you might not not necessarily be doing exactly the same thing, but it's not two completely different things, if that makes sense. Hmm. It's just based on your level. Yeah, I like that. I like what you said there. It does make sense. But yeah, in terms of, of getting hit in the head, I don't think it's not, you know, it's definitely not wise to be hit in the head constantly. That's why I always emphasize if, if we're going to spar, we'll spar light contact. You know, you're not going to take any heavy shots to the head. You can anyway. If you, if you do, you know, a few rounds of heavy, heavy sparring afterwards, your head is pounding. And you, you, you can't be doing that all the time. It's just it's no way healthy. So, yeah, I would agree with there's no sense in being hit in the head. There was a time when um, you and I did some training and I said I, I barely ever, you know, had anyone touch me in the head. Yeah. And I had actually avoided it of yeah. doing it to anyone else. Mm-hmm. So we had a few minutes of just me getting over that. Yeah. Really, really light. Yeah. Because my instinct is to literally turn around. Mm. 
Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I hated it so much. Yeah. And I needed to not do that. So I think that was um, was a good practice because yeah. it was a practice. It was about building to... confidence in, in your ability to take a shot. But yeah. that doesn't mean you have to be taking heavy shots, you know, because there's just no sense in doing that. But I think to, to develop the ability to be able to react positively, you need to kind of be put under fire in some kind of way. But like you said, in a way that's comfortable for you. There's no, if, if you said, oh, I'm scared of being hit in the head, and I went, right, okay, so you stand against this wall, <laughs> and I'm going to put some 14-ounce gloves on, and I'm going to just smash you in the head a few times. That's not a good way to develop that skill. No, it's not a, it's not a good way to develop that skill. But uh, I think the skill that I needed to learn in that was to not flinch and was to get was to learn to block. Yeah. That's what I needed to do. And I needed to stop avoiding hitting towards the face and yeah. head because I had been avoiding it all the time. Yeah. So I think that was the bit that I needed to get over. Clear that away. And he he said this one phrase over and over again. Okay. Training has to be safe. Yes. Productive. Yes. And fun. And fun, yeah. Absolutely. All of those things have to constantly go round. Yeah, I agree. I like that. I like that. Very I would much. agree with that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. There you go. Here's a, here's another here's another one from okay. him. When you're playing, Sue's for... got a notebook for those. I realizing. have. Oh my god. Which is good. I, I like that. That's good. Well, I've had a I've had a very busy it's day. It's filled with stuff. I've only just seen it. I've seen you flipping pages. It's actually filled with. No, it's only two pages. Oh, okay. Two two and a bit pages. That's all filled with. Oh, other stuff. Random lists. Okay. Of... So I didn't just write a book. Sue's novel is what it's what's in there. How do you know I haven't written a novel? I don't. I've just a guess. I've written a play. Okay. With someone else. Is it about karate? No, it's a murder mystery based in Midsummer Girton. Okay. <laughs> which is fictional. I'll be in it. I'll, I'll no, 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 it's done. Oh, it's done. Oh, great. Thanks you for the offer. It. You missed it. Thanks oh, for the I offer. It wasn't even auditioned. Never mind. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> what part would you like? I don't know. The killer who kills people with techie showdown. There you go. We'll have. We'll talk about that. Yeah. I think. I think we could go there. Let's do it. I think we could do something, but. I'm not going to say that you can be the killer, okay. but I think you might be a suspect. Oh, that's fine. I can I'll handle that, yeah. I can play that. <laughs> a moustache-twirling suspect. Yeah, that works well on the radio. Good point. No, what we say is, stop twirling your moustache. Yes. Like that. We have all sorts of fun. Anyway, I've completely forgotten what quote. else I was going to say. There was another say. quote. Safe, productive, fun. And the other quote I really liked was... Drunks at a wedding. See, drunks I was at a wedding. Drunks at a wedding. See, yes. I was in Spain at a wedding and it was, you know, full on, big party, lots of wine and champagne. And um, there was quite a lot of, there was quite a lot of, you know, partying going on. And um, so Ian Abernethy said today that playing for grips should in some ways look like the dancing at the end of a wedding. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. It's kind of leaning around each other a little bit, totally relaxed. Moving your hands around. Yeah. Totally chill. So I, that brought the house down. That was really funny. So I have to say, just, just one more time, if you think about going to Ian Abernethy. Oh, go. Yeah. Go. Go. He's, go. he's by far, I would say, probably the best instructor I've trained with. I've only trained with three. Yeah. <laughs> I just think the way he delivers his material is, is very easy to understand for everyone. Uh, yeah. He's easy very, to very understand. Good. And he has a way of making it an extremely friendly and welcoming environment which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I learn best when I'm like that. Which brings me on to another thing I learned today. Okay. One of the reasons for keeping flow drills and bunkai at a low level, below aggression, for keeping it so that you don't panic, 
when you panic, your fear response is triggered and you will respond in your fear response. Your hands will fly up to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. That's all fine. But in order to untrain that, you need to drill constantly below the trigger for fear. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, I hadn't understood it like yeah. that, that there's the trigger point mm -hmm. and you need to stay below it to be constantly getting the hands and body doing exactly what you want them to do. As soon as you go above, the adrenaline's there, you're panicking, you're just reacting. You're yeah. not doing the drill anymore. You'll find that inspiring anyway. Once you, if, if you've, like, I've, even I, I've been boxing quite a bit recently and I've, when you get into the ring with someone, you start getting knocked about. Your adrenaline does kick in and you do all of a sudden, you have to calm yourself down because you start to lose the basic things you need. You go, you will start to flinch, you will start to panic. And once you address it and calm it down, everything comes back. But that only comes from drilling the things that you need to come out under stress. If you've never drilled correct responses, you will just panic and nothing will come out. So yeah, drill below the, the level of adrenaline. So then when adrenaline does kick in, you've, you've drilled it enough time so that it will, the correct response will come out. That has literally happened to me. Mm. I've applied the bunkai that I have been taught. Yeah. And done it faster and done it at speed and it's worked like a charm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, only because the training was low-key and definitely safe, productive and fun. <laughs> good. It's good to know. <laughs> it is good to know, isn't it? I'm glad you went and enjoyed it. And yeah. I'm glad you felt that you kind of went in at a level that you understood. That's good. That makes me feel good. Because it means I've taught you something half decent, so I'm pleased with that. <laughs> you did. I think it, what, you have, what you've taught, what you understand and the way that you put it together, you haven't explained everything that he was because that's not how you were doing it, but we've done everything that he was doing. Yeah. So, yeah, doing flow drills and then drilling and then using pads and then technique that we did that you haven't shown me though was some using your own focus mitt oh yeah hitting your own hand with a focus hitting mitt your own yeah hand. that is a good drill to do so you know holding your left hand out to extension facing you and doing palm heel palm heel elbow elbow and then taking it down and kneeing it and then pulling your own hand round as a takedown mm -hmm. and then doing a hammer fist and then stamping on the heel that's techie isn't it yeah that was very clever because that was making you remember the pattern on the floor that you have to make. Yeah, that's clever. Yeah. Yeah, it's reinforcing it on every level. Covering the same ground, but coming at it from, you know, sort of four or five different angles, but mm -hmm. coming back to the same ground over and over again. So that when you do one thing, you're remembering it another way. And when you're doing it the other way, you're remembering the other things. So you're remembering what it's about every time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but you know that. I'm just, I, the more you talk about it, the more I'm gutted I wasn't there. I'm not going to lie, but never mind. Next time. <laughs> Next time he's in Wincanton. Yeah, which will be never, probably no my luck, but there we go. Oh, I don't know about that. How, how much do you think of a contradiction that kind of training is to the 3K traditional approach? Because we've spoken about this before, haven't we? Like kind of the issues with the 3K kataki on Kumite. That approach was essentially what you've done today is kata, kihon and kumite, really. It's just, instead of them being three separate things, they're three things that work together for the benefit of each other. I you know, you've done your focus mitt drills, that's kihon, you're doing basic techniques, you've done your kata, which is techie, and you've done your bunkai from techie. You've done semi-live drills, which is, you know, kumite. But it's very different to the, three, to, to the traditional 3K approach. 
it's sort of like if um <laughs> I've got the sound of music in my head going on now with like oh I I know all the notes but they don't mean anything. Oh that's of good thing. yeah. You know they don't mean anything. Yeah. It's that it's that kind of feeling. Um and I didn't you don't notice until you do this that it didn't mean anything. Now I get that karate looks beautiful. But I always had the idea of doing something with fighting, but it hadn't occurred to me until you started showing me that it didn't translate into much into real life. And if you're doing 3K, you do your kata until it's perfect, and that's gorgeous. And you do your kihon until it's perfect. And then you do your kumite and you get a bit aggressive and it all feels tremendous. But it's still got to look perfect. It's still got to look perfect and that's fine. But... It's only when you can actually spend two or three hours on five or six moves and put them together, mark it on the floor, play with a partner, put weight into it, take the weight out of it, go fast, go slow, and interpret it constantly so that it means something, that you find out that it's fascinating Mm -hmm. to find out what you can do, to find out what you're capable of, and to find out all this power that you've got inside of you and i think that's what's done it for me with with karate this is a a level of power and aggression i did not know i had well you didn't have when you started because you are a very different karateka now than when you walked through that door which is how it should be if you're still the same you know level you were when (laughs) you walked in the door you weren't there when i first came in were you i was there when you first started. i mean not maybe not on the very first time you walked in but i remember your first grading never forget brad he was like so cool he's like how you doing, Sue? You confident? No. <laughs> oh. Well, you'll be all right. Don't worry about it. I was like, no, I won't. <laughs> yeah, but that's good, though. It shows the progress. Yeah, it does. But um, I think it's just fascination with it. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's, it's it's one of the reasons I like karate, because there's, there's so much to it. There's so much depth to everything. And I mm. think now we're at a point in time where you... Like I was speaking, to, I saw Jeff the other day, and we were speaking about kind of when he was opening up his club. The things he he really didn't like about traditional karate, but he was, he kind of felt he had to keep because who was he to kind of take it out? If yeah. you know what I mean. I think now we're at a stage where people feel comfortable taking things out because they have better things to put in. I think we're finally at a stage now where people can do that without feeling um, irresponsible or like they're butchering the art. If you know what I mean. And it's taken a long time to get there, but I'm glad we're there now because mm. you're getting stuff like this come out. And it's it's I mean, it's taken stuff like, you know, MMA and guys like Jeff Thompson and Peter Considine to to get people to do that, to show what really works mm. under pressure. And a lot of the, the stuff that looks really pretty and nice won't necessarily hold up. No. I always understand the feeling of people who want to keep tradition. I get that. Yeah. I get the. Yeah, I get the feeling, and I get yeah. the emotion. They don't want that to be gone. They don't want that to just disappear. And I totally get that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would, and I don't think it should. I just think, like you're saying, that there are more effective things to do than possibly traditional kumite, of yeah. strike, block, counter, and come back. Yeah. Yeah, it's the things I've been doing today were more engaging, more entertaining, more fun, and ultimately more useful. I yeah. think, but I I actually quite like traditional kumite. I quite like the formality and the discipline of that. Right. Um, I don't have no particular objection to it, but I think if I was going to say which is more useful, yeah, then I think this is more useful. Yeah. And as I say, more engaging and more interesting. 
for all of those reasons. Yeah. I think that most people stick with stuff that they find engaging. And adding in this extra level of controlling impact on yourself mm-hmm. in the class, I think is genius. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I, the more I think about it, it's, the, it's kind of, it's when me and Brad train, we're always saying that kind of thing to each other. Like, just relax. You're, you're going a bit too heavy or blah, blah, blah. But you don't, until you've said that, I haven't kind of thought of it that way. Yeah, I think it's, um, I'm, I'm guessing... I might be slightly wrong, but I, for me, that felt like formalising the process. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which I think in a larger class, especially with younger people and certainly with lower grades like me. Mm. But and for you today, you... people you you haven't met before. Absolutely. You don't know who they are. You don't know, you know. I have no idea. And looking around the room, some people are going at it and some people weren't. And when people suddenly went at it, you know, just like happens in all of our class, you know, he said, stop, everybody bring it down because you know you get overexcited and you go wee off we go playing for grips rip his head off yeah. no no we're all guilty of doing it we are we are we're like yeah. i've got him now yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go for this yeah 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 we all do it yeah if you have an opportunity to go you absolutely should and then the other thing that we did was yondam that was a good one yeah yeah we did that off I'm trying to think how we did that now that the was lapel grab grip. lapel grab take hold of the hand take cover your own hand with your left step hand step to 90 degrees step to 90 degrees while you do that with your elbow covering their lower arm and turn fast and yeah. push it down which strips their hand off of you take hold of their shoulder kick them in the knee they fall down pulling the gi back at the same time so their head doesn't go down and elbow in the head yeah did you do the variations of that or did you stick to that because the seminar I went on with Ian, we worked a lot on that technique, and then we changed it, but kept the print. It was a, the theme of the course was understanding principles behind technique. So the technique you've got is what you've just described there: the, the mm. taking the arm across, using an elbow lock, kicking the knee, and elbow in the face. Mm. We didn't vary that one yeah. so much. Um, but well, look at it; it's, it's good. It's a good way of it shows. It does. It's again another way of showing you the depth to one sequence. Yeah. And, and how much you can learn from one sequence. We didn't vary that one so much, but. Um, we went wrong a few times and other people went wrong and he kind of, um, he stopped us and said, some of you are getting bits wrong, but you're carrying on, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, if it goes wrong, you don't stop. This yeah. is something Joe's always saying, yeah. isn't it? You don't stop and say, oh gosh. Yeah. You don't get a second chance. You don't get a second chance. It goes wrong. Take a hold of them. Do something else. Keep going. Um, we did do more in, um, in techie, in taking down. Am I wrong? Where, where, oh, what Christ, part do you mean? I've gone completely blank. It's been a long day for you, Sue. I will, I'm sure everyone will understand that you've gone a bit blank. Hands up here. You've done that. This hand comes round. Knee into the groin. Okay. And keep going. Right. That's, okay. that's techie, right? It's based on it, yeah. Okay, that's... That, yeah, he was saying from that one, no matter how they go down, you have to then kick them. Or hit them. Yeah. So... And he was saying, the person who goes down, please vary how you do that. You know, turn on your back or don't go down. Mm-hmm. You know, get back up and start again. I like, yeah. I, d- I like doing drills like that where you tell your partner to add in problems. Once you've got it, just make make it difficult for me as, as much as you can. Make things not work so you have to make them work. Yes. It's a step away from l- completely free sparring. You're still isolating techniques, but having your partner mess it up for you is a good way of problem solving. Yeah, and some of the drills that we were doing were 
exactly what we've done before. Two hands up, hook over the top, pull down, mm -hmm. hand on the back of the head, elbow in the face. Yeah. At some point, block. Yeah. Strip, elbow in the face. Yeah. Elbow in the face. And then when we were doing playing for grips, we just bring that back. But keeping it at the level that we always do, yeah. which is like super light. Just keep striking, but just make it harder. Keep moving, keep blocking. Did you scratch anyone's eyeball out when you were doing that this time, Sue? Well, we had the opportunity to do eye gouging. Did you? So... And you didn't take it. We didn't weren't doing eye gouging and you decided to take it on me. That's fine. I, I did remember not. That. I did not. It's <laughs> awful. Because I was thinking about it. Well, that's exactly what we were doing when that happened, <laughs> was that drill. <laughs> no, later in the thing, we did um, we did um, bites, headbutts, our guy, our... Uh -huh. Eye gouging. <laughs> yeah. Our gouges. That Owl sounds gouges. great. Our yeah. gouges. That's a disease. <laughs> yeah, but we don't talk about that. No, we don't. <laughs> um, yeah. So we did. We did that. But um, I didn't. Um, I didn't scratch anyone's eye out today. That's good. That's progress. I didn't even try. But then I wasn't trying last time. No, so. you weren't. There you go. Was um, practicing your technique versus doing your technique so for instance palm heel strike three times followed by hammer fist yeah step up take a hold of it do it yeah you know, practice it you know make sure you've got it right do that three times and then go yeah do the technique yeah practice it twice do it three times and then he was also saying if you do it three times that is enough to get you in touch with aggression going up to eight gets you in touch with adrenaline because it's exhaustion you're training for different things. As yeah. soon as you go over five, really, you're moving into a different kind of territory of exhaustion, therefore adrenaline. Yeah, which Whereas there's a time for. Whereas when you go lower, yeah, definitely he's just saying you're just for. training yeah. differently. You're training different things, yeah. I hadn't realised that either. Did you know that? I'm Not sure you so did many know words. that. I mean, but I would agree with that. Yeah, the, obviously, the closer you get to exhaustion, the more your adrenaline comes in. Yeah, yeah. And, and endurance. It becomes an endurance yes, exercise. Yes, it does. Have you covered everything? think so you've given ian a rave review i have given ian a rave review you have. my check will be in the post <laughs> <laughs> but i did ask him at the end i said we did this yeah and i said to him i know you're like incredibly busy but if i was to send you an email and ask you to get on the phone and, and talk to us on our podcast would you and he said yes brilliant we'll do that absolutely we'll have a conversation on karate with ian abernethy which would be just amazing it'd be very good yeah Definitely. We'll set that up sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'll send him an email and tell him all about it. Yeah, and, let's uh, get that set up. Send him a link to this. And we will get that set up. So, yeah, it was a superb session. Good. The Training Matrix with Ian Abernathy. And uh, and I'd have to say also, pretty much, I'd say a purple and white belt. I'd say that was absolutely fine for me. Um, I noticed some other purple belts in the room. I don't think I noticed particularly any lower grades, but I think if you were a little bit lower than that and you were possibly already familiar with some of this material, you might be okay. Yeah. I think I think that's what it comes down to is how familiar you are with that material. Yeah. If you you might have a black belt who's never done that before that would struggle more than you did. Do you know what I mean? So Yeah. yeah. But I would I wouldn't worry too much. No. I wouldn't go Everyone's got to start with it somewhere. I wouldn't have gone to that as an absolute beginner. I think it's no. useful to have knowledge of more than a couple of the kata definitely and i think it was it's useful to be familiar with using focus mitts or you might get a bit panicky around that yeah and maybe familiar with just working with a partner in a little bit of free yeah. free you know playing for grips and things could be useful so that you've got a sense of what's coming yeah 
I don't know. I don't know what you would think, but I think I sat about right as a purple and white belt. And I think if I was a grade or so lower, I'd probably be okay with it. I think you would have been fine. Yeah, a grade or two lower. I think again, it, if you if you've got a base in that kind of training, you could go in, you know, potentially as an orange belt if your great if your training up to that point has been based on that. I wouldn't necessarily take a an orange belt who's never done anything like that before and throw them in there. It might be a bit too much, but might be a bit too much because that was quite full on of a mm. lot of stuff and um i think probably an element of you needing to know some of what you were expected yeah. to yeah, do you need some fundamentals there i, I would say i think you would need but the some concept of the training matrix i think applies from day one yeah. once you understand that and you can pass that on then that's, that's a good thing it, it applies from the moment you step into the door from whatever grade you are yeah that's good it was very good it was very very good I seem to have sat, sat here and said it was very good and everything was really good and I enjoyed it so much. Good, I'm glad over you did. And over again. <laughs> oh, no, it shows that you you had a good time. Did you learn anything from me today about what he's I said? Have. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to go when you send me this. I'm going to listen to it and keep learning from it. That's good. I just I just wish I was there, but never mind. That's <laughs> what you get for having a job and stuff. I know. Damn them. Well, you need to definitely sort that out next time. Mm. By the way, have you seen Fight Perfect's newest video? The Master Which... Wong parody. Have you seen that? Yes. Where they're driving the car? Yes, that was really oh, funny. I just loved it. That's someone we need to train with. We need to they're they're an hour away. We've got we've got to get down there. But you they say were in we? Bristol. You don't think I could go yeah, there? Hell do yeah. You? Definitely. Really? Yeah. See, what was I talking about? Perception of MMA and kickboxing. I guarantee you, if you walked in there, they're not going to say, "Put the gloves on, Sue, and get in the cage. Let's go." It would be, it would be levels to it. But yeah, that yeah, that was a brilliant video. Fight Perfect TV. Go and watch it. I'm giving them plugs. Yeah, absolutely superb. Yeah. And uh, Brad's not on the beer in this particularly last one, or the cider. More to it's the not, point, no. he's really sharp in this last one. <laughs> uh, it was funny. It was, yeah, for those, it's, it's a parody of Master Wong. If you don't know who Master Wong is, he's a brilliant. Wing Chun guy on YouTube. He's very funny. Yeah. I mean, some, some of the stuff is quite suspect, which Fight Perfect TV like to point out and and rip it out of him quite a bit. They do like to it's do It's all that. fun and games, though. It is all fun and games. They obviously adore him. Yeah. They think he's completely superb. Um, but they think he's got no business, really, saying this stuff is genuinely good as self mm -hmm. And to be fair to them, they are saying probably what a lot of people what I what, definitely what I would say to some of the techniques he definitely Matt Wong definitely has some good stuff and I've seen some good stuff from him some of the scenarios might be a bit out there which they like to pick up on yeah I think if you're looking at it from a self-defense perspective if you're stood at behind by a car with a wall behind you and you think that someone is is coming up behind you I can you know tell you that my instinct is not to stand there my instinct is to get around the other side mm. I think again, it comes it comes down to as well what they were saying is the, the attack you, that they were responding to is someone's come up behind you they've grabbed you and turned you around so you can see them if I I mean I've never stolen a car disclaimer if I was going to steal a car off someone who was about to get in their car I definitely wouldn't turn them around so they could see me coming no they would be asleep before they realise what happened and their car would be gone as I'm sure any good criminal listening would agree with me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to yeah. make sure I park my car under a light from now on whenever yeah. I'm near you. <laughs> I will, will not steal anyone's car, I promise. Don't steal mine, ain't I can barely drive my own. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, but no, I think I think that's totally valid because the whole premise of an awful lot of these things are this is what you would do when actually, in a real situation, what I would do is I would run away. The problem again comes down to if someone does this, then I'm going to do this. Whereas a lot of the stuff you were doing today, it sounds you're being proactive. Because you, you, under stress and adrenaline, you don't have time to think, what do I do if someone does this to me? You have to do things to them. So if you start building... Scenario drills are important, absolutely. But if you start building up in your your kind of head of, OK, this is what I'll do if someone grabs me like this. This is what I'll do if someone throws a punch at me. This is what I'll do if someone gets me in a headlock. Blah, 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 blah. It's too much. You will not react to it. You need to have a simple plan of, I'm going to do this if ever I'm approached. And if you're caught off guard, you're caught off guard. There's damn near nothing you can do anyway. So, Yeah. An awful lot of self-defence is also being extremely proactive. Yeah. It's how you leave the house. Yeah, it's absolutely. where things yeah. are on you. I yeah. mean, as a woman, you've got a handbag. Yeah. Are you, walk, are you walking down the street on your phone with headphones in yeah. at dark, <laughs> on a dark night? Are your car keys like stashed in your pocket so that you can get them? And if someone nicks your handbag, you can actually still drive your car home. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, is yeah, about yeah. being proactive stuff. Mm. It's understanding. I think another, I mean, this is a topic for another podcast, but it's understanding kind of crimin, criminal psychology. Do you know what I mean? And how criminals, like, it might have even been Ian that said sometimes you have to think like a criminal to understand what it's going to be like to be attacked. It's like I said there, you know, if I was going to take someone's car, I wouldn't tell them I'm coming. No. Because why would you? You want the element of surprise. Even if you can be seen, you still want an element of surprise. And a friend of mine actually was was attacked by a guy or a group of guys who he was, he was walking home and he saw these guys kind of, they're all drunk or something, I guess, and being a bit aggressive. And one guy come up to him trying to start a fight. And this other guy came up to him and said, Oh, sorry about him. Don't, don't worry about him. I'm really sorry about that. Sorry, mate. Goes to shake his hand. As soon as he shake his hand, he headbutted him. And that was that. So it's about, you know, people aren't always super aggressive. There's tactics that people use to, mm get the jump on you but if you don't understand things like that if you if you only react to this is what i'm going to do if someone throws a punch at me or someone gets me in a headlock Mm. you won't be able to react to things like that it's about the steps you need to take before you get there well before you get there yeah put yourself in a safer position before you get there because things will always unravel or things won't always unravel but things always have a possibility of unraveling yeah you know no matter how careful you are you can lose your mates yeah, absolutely. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You can yeah. lose your keys, you can lose your cash. Anything can happen when you're out and about to make things unravel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't take much. No, it does not. put you in a really, really tricky position. And yeah, that's where instincts and trusting your instincts and trying to pay really good attention to your environment are hugely important. Yeah, far more important than any techniques. Yeah. Yeah. We went off on a tangent there, didn't we? We did. Subject for another day. Yes. Subject for another day. It's been lovely talking to you, Greg. And, and you. telling you all about... I'm glad you went. Ian I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. And I'm sorry you're so sad that you didn't go. Never mind. Never mind. We'll, we'll make it up to me by having him on the podcast. That'll be good. We'll have a conversation with him. Yeah. Okay. That's all good. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And um, cheers, Greg. See you next time. Thank you. See you next time.